This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Glad to be with you this morning. Coming up this hour, movies about food to watch this holiday season. Plus, a much-needed musical treat. We're going to help you kick off your Friday lunch hour with the sounds of Maria Jacobson. She's the front woman of Chicago indie band Fran. And then at noon, everything that you need to know about the guilty verdict for former Alderman Ed Burke. That's in our weekly news recap. But first, it's the time of year for reflection and for goal setting. New year, new you, right? But as we head into an election year, there is one thing that you might want to prioritize. And for us journalists, we highly recommend always making this a priority. I'm talking about improving your media literacy, because there's a lot of misinformation out there, and not all of it stays on social media either, with news outlets sometimes falling for the con themselves. Presenting images and videos out of context, well, that's still the most common form of misinformation online. But with greater access to new tools, new AI tools, almost anyone can fabricate an image in just a few clicks. So we wanted to review some of the most common rumors and conspiracy theories from this year to see how they were spread and so that we can learn how to spot them and stop them in 2024. We checked in with Dan Yvonne, who's Senior Manager of Education Design at the News Literacy Project. We started by asking him about images created by artificial intelligence. AI images were definitely the biggest story in misinformation this year, um, but they're still not at a point where they are entirely convincing. Uh, there's a lot of ways to spot them, and there's a lot of ways to... Uh, to make sure that what you're viewing is authentic. But yeah, the potential that these images have for uh, not just images, but audio for how they will spread in the years to come as these algorithms improve, uh, it's more important now than ever to uh, brush up on some of our news literacy skills because these images are just going to get more convincing. Yeah, fabricated images of explosions at the White House and Pentagon too. I mean, that had an impact on the stock market, right? Uh, yeah, it did. Uh, I think... Briefly, uh, people found out uh, that that was fake. But, um, but yeah, when we see images on social media, it's a gut reaction a lot of times. When you see something that is, you know, strokes a very strong emotional reaction, uh, whether that's an AI image or something that's presented out of context, um, yeah, it's easy to make a snap judgment. And, uh, yeah, it's very important for us to slow down and to critically think about the content we're uh, encountering. So let's talk about that. What, what are some of the telltale signs, Dan, that an image was generated by AI? How can we spot it? There definitely are visual clues that you can see. Um, and that can be, uh, you know, they're still not great at generating uh, fingers or, or hair. Uh, you know, the people tend to look more uh, glossy. Uh, and, you know, looking for the background, there's often mistakes. But I would encourage people to not analyze images on their own, but to look at how the image is being presented, who is sharing it, uh, if it's just a random, a random account or if it's from a news source. But all the images that we encounter on social media, they're, they're surrounded by information. Yeah. And that surrounding context is really what helps us determine if, th if they're authentic or not. Interesting. I, I want to hear uh, a little clip now from your news literacy project colleague, Alexa Volland. Uh, here she's talking about how to do a reverse image search. Step one is we're going to screenshot the image, and then we're going to crop out any text for the best results. Next, we're going to head over to TenEye, a reverse image search tool, and we're going to upload the image. There are lots of reverse image search tools. I like TenEye because you can organize it by best match, most change, oldest to newest. And if we click on the image, we can see in real time all of the ways it's been digitally altered. I can never seem to get the reverse image search just right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, extensions for your browser. On mobile, it's a little bit harder. Uh, and it's more difficult with AI-generated images, too, because the source is often unclear. So when images are presented out of context, you're going to have a lot more success with reverse image searches. Now, fake audio. That's an issue, too, that you might run into online. We saw President Joe Biden be one of the most common targets, especially this year. What is the best way to verify that audio or video is authentic? Uh, yeah, so on social media, you're also often going to come across clips of, you know, speeches, which are like, you know, maybe 10 seconds long. Uh, and if it's a speech of the president, there's going to be an official source for that. There's going to be a transcript from that. Um, so instead of just staying on Twitter or whatever platform you are, uh, try to find the original video and, and you can compare to see if he actually said that. Uh, performing uh, web searches to see if his uh, supposedly sensational comment is real, uh, you know, you should be able to uh, drag up a news story about that. Yeah. So taking that, taking a few extra steps to do a little investigation is uh, key. In this, in this world of wanting things fast, right, and wanting to be first, especially when it comes to us as journalists, a lot of times, as I mentioned earlier, we can even fall prey to that. Oh, yeah. Um, it's a tough lesson for everyone to learn. Uh, and that's one lesson that we uh, repeatedly state to people is just encouraging them to slow down and not to accept things as soon as they see them. Changes at Twitter this year also made it easier for, for misinformation to spread and harder to find accurate information on the platform now known as X. I'm still getting used to calling it that. But walk us through sort of how the year in the world of Elon Musk added uh, to this. Yeah, there's there's been a lot of changes at Twitter that have made it uh, more difficult to determine what's accurate and what's not. Um, one of the things that we used to tell people all the time was to look for that verification symbol because that meant that an account belonged to who would uh, purport, purport to be. Talking about the old check mark. Yeah, that yeah. blue check mark, which now is uh, it does not really have that significance anymore. And in fact, it has the exact opposite effect because uh, if I want to spread falsehoods, I can pay $8 to have this symbol of authenticity next right. to my name. Uh, which can lead people astray because they've grown so accustomed to that being uh, somewhat of a source of trust. Um, he recently also got rid of uh, news headlines. So now all you see is uh, the image. Just the image, right, and you no longer see what the headline of the article is before right, so it's, clicking. So it's presented purely with this person's framing of it. Uh, it doesn't have the journalist's take or, or how they want to present it. It's, it's all being framed by a third party now. Um, so yeah, so I, the same tip goes along with that is to uh, is to slow down and pause and and be more considerate of the uh, content you're encountering. There was a, a flood of false information on social media, Dan, after the October seventh attack on Israel, right? So some of those blue check accounts that we just talked about, they were labeled super spreaders by a NewsGuard analysis detailing how verified users on Twitter were responsible for actually for 74% or nearly three-fourths of the viral misinformation about the war. Are you surprised about that? Uh, no, I'm not surprised about uh, that the blue check marks were spreading the majority of the misinformation. Uh, what I do find surprising about that just from a, a misinformation perspective mm -hmm. is uh, just how the, the vast just how many rumors there were. It was, uh, it really was unbelievable at the pace uh, that these falsehoods spread. And it's one of the reasons why we emphasize people learning some of these skills on their own because professional fact checkers cannot keep up with 
they cannot address every single claim that people are going to encounter online. Mm -hmm. So from a news consumer perspective, you you have to learn some of these skills yourself because uh, there's not always going to be a published fact check that you can turn to. And what's the what's the point? Like, what is the goal here of these some of these misinformation campaigns? Um, I, I mean, it, it varies from case to case, but uh, you know, a lot of times it is just to create confusion and anger. Um, there was a photo of Lionel Messi uh, with a Palestine flag, and there was a one with him of an Israel flag, and people were definitely spreading uh, falsehoods to garner support or opposition. But a lot of times it's just to create uh, confusion. Um, and, think, and the more we know that, you know, just as, as regular consumers of, of some of this media and some of this content, I think the better it can, or, and more literate it can make us, right? If we're aware of sort of the, the false pretenses. Yeah. Um, I think another big push of these uh, narratives is to create distrust in the media. When you kind of know that that's the goal, when, when, these people are trying to discredit news organizations and mm -hmm. uh, government bodies and, and health groups to recognize that that's what they are trying to do. Uh, hopefully that encourages you to seek out more credible sources. In 2023, we also saw some uh, misinformation campaigns to cast doubt on climate change. Dan, what can you tell us about that? Uh, yeah, um, you know, it's 2023 and I feel like that is settled debate, but these campaigns uh, continue. Um, and yeah, it, it seems to have picked up, um, uh, with just like how they're trying to discredit news organizations, they're trying to discredit, uh, weather reporters and getting people to just mm -hmm. distrust trustworthy sources. Um, so yeah, a lot, a lot of those, uh, falsehoods about climate are, are based on that idea that these people are lying to, you, um, because the, the facts don't support their side. They don't support that. Uh, that point of view. So they attack the messenger. Yeah, one of the tactics uh, was intentionally incorrect English subtitles being used in a Spanish language weather report to, in order to spread conspiracy theories. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, we've seen a lot of that, a lot of, uh, of false subtitles being added to videos. And it's interesting because when you encounter subtitles, you just kind of, uh, from watching movies and TV programs, mm -hmm. you trust that. Uh, so when you see them, people can easily fall for them. But um, yeah, it's it's important that you know the source of the translations, who's providing that information, because uh, a lot of times uh, on social media, it's not accurate. A FEMA emergency alert also drove a lot of conspiracy theories online this year, including one about the COVID vaccine. Can you explain? Yeah, that was uh, right. They scheduled an alert and then everyone... Uh, kind of freaked out and thought that it was going to trigger a uh, a micro chip in your body or something like that. Oh goodness! Uh, sorry, and that was this year. Up. That was that was this year. Um, and I think what that speaks to is just kind of how all of these conspiracy theories uh, coalesce into one overarching narrative. And I think um, some of us just thought that we were we were done with the misinformation on the COVID vaccine. Oh yes, because that was so rampant in 2020 and 2021. It just feels like. Right. We're so far removed from that, but I guess not. Right. You would think that we'd have moved past that, but uh, no, COVID rumors are still uh, still very popular. Um, the year started with uh, Damar Hamlin, who collapsed on a on the football field, and all the rumors that were about him. And uh, that's right. They haven't stopped. Um, and yeah, it, people will cherry pick statistics, and they will present things out of context. Or in the case of this FEMA rumor, uh, 
it's this distrust about the government in general, and then it gets tied into all of these other uh, debunked theories, but it creates anxiety, and I think that's one of the reasons that people uh, buy into it. They're, uh, you know, fear is something that can be exploited, and that's mm -hmm. what a lot of these people do. You had sort of a, a handy list of five things to consider. Yes, the... Uh, at the News Literacy Project, I run the Rumor Guard website, and one of the things that we teach there are the uh, the five factors of misinformation. Yeah, um, that's super helpful. Yeah, so we, we try to tell people to uh, check for authenticity, uh, check the evidence, check the source, uh, check the reasoning, and the context. Um, and all those factors are good uh, signals when you're looking at any example, but really the point is to get these questions in the back of people's mind uh, just so they can slow down for a second to consider the content. Uh, you're not going to go through every every post you go through. You're not going to uh, try to compare it against these factors. Right. But if you're just thinking, what's the source of this? Who's sharing it? Uh, is this an AI image or is it a real image? Uh, if you just have these questions in the back of your head, uh, I, I believe it'll help you suss out some misinformation. Love that. That's Dan Yvonne. Senior Manager of Education Design at the News Literacy Project, sharing the biggest takeaways from the last year that can help improve all of our digital literacy in 2024. Thank you so much, Dan. Uh, thank you very much, Sasha. Anyway, this was a pleasure.